Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Friday at the WM, you better mix in a water. The party is in full throws, and it was a party of some of the bigger names threw numbers at it. Yeah, we had, that. We, had, we had a beer snake, Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman here as we uh, take a look at the action here. Round one wrapped up early on Friday morning, and here we are taking a look at the round two action. Sunjay M uh, chasing the leader, Jason Day, through one round, but Sunjay was making a move uh, there at the par four tenth. Chips in for birdie, and you could tell he was starting to feel the vibes and the vibes kept on rolling as Sanjay here at the par 316th Rick gets the crowd going from 34 feet big desert guy big <laughs> desert guy a desert golfer we went from dome golf to desert golf wherever it is Sanjay can play uh, he's t4 at seven under still not done with his round two they will wrap up round two on Saturday morning how about Adam Hadwin Another golfer that didn't finish round two, but looked impressive here. The Canadian only has one career win, drains one there from 29 feet. Wyndham Clark, 35 to one through round one and trying to make a move here at the par three 12th out of the greenside bunker. And that'll do. Moves to three under at that point. And then looking at the big bird at the par five third, Clark putting from 42 feet away and just trickles one down there, KP. And some good golf being played by big names and maybe some lesser knowns as well. Yeah, he is not somebody that we've talked about a ton this week, but he's only three back uh, going into uh, going into Saturday. Yeah, T4, seven under, shot a four under 67 in round two. And speaking of big names, none bigger in the game right now, I would argue, than one Rombo, John Rom, hometown favorite here. Maybe not hometown, but went to ASU. How good is this? whole lot of uh, positivity being felt around his groupings, and Rom there from the green side. It doesn't get much better than that. That right? was the biggest roar of the day. Uh, that it was. Uh, we heard it. You felt it. And then more roars here at 16. Rom. Good doesn't do it justice, especially the way he's playing right now. Finished round two, eight under, one eagle, four birdies, and a bogey. He's T2 at eight under. And here you look, and rounding out uh, some of that action as he did start out on the back nine, the par three seventh, saves par. So, KP, we talked a lot about it, the ability to grind John Rahm. His good is just about as good as anybody on tour. We know his great is great, but he's going to have to track down Scotty Scheffler, who was plotting it around and circling the card all day long. Started on the back nine as well. Scheffler from 23 feet. Just, yeah, give him a hand. 
Give me a head. It's just what he does. Scheffler now at seven under. We find him at the par four seconds from the uh, right fairway bunker there, 140 yards to a makeable range. Would knock that in for birdie to get to eight. And when this guy gets going, Rick, I mean, his foot on the pedal is something that is truly spectacular over this last year of golf that he's played. I watched this one live. This was the exclamation point on the round. He was with hitting it within a hula hoop seemingly every hole. Seven birdies, no bogeys, a clean scorecard, and your leader as we turn towards the weekend again. Plenty of golfers going to wrap up their second round on Saturday morning, and then we will cut it down. We will get off and running, and it will be Saturday at the WM. But as we stand, Scotty Scheffler, 10 deep and two clear as this leaderboard takes shape in Phoenix. Welcome into the First Cut Podcast alongside the regulars, Kyle Porter and Rick Gaiman. I'm here and fortunate to be here, fellas. Joe Musso, uh, running point on this one. Shout out to the listeners, first and foremost. we got to say it, that they are. Uh, we had a Tiger commitment. We had a streaker. And we have a leaderboard taking form on brand in the best way here at the WM Phoenix Open here on Friday. Round two, not complete just yet. Again, just like today, we'll have golfers out early uh, cleaning up the final edition of the second round. But guys, we got to start with Scotty Scheffler. 10 under, our defending champ, following a bogey-free 7 under 64. Scheffler gaining nearly six strokes on the field, Rick. Where did he separate himself most here in round two? Yeah, you mentioned it. Bogey-free. He has He's made one bogey this week. That was 32 holes ago. And with the wins and everything that's kicking up, we've seen a lot of squares, but not on Scotty Scheffler's card. The way he's doing it is the way he's been playing golf for the last six months. Without, without a victory, he's been tee to green these golf courses to death and he's done it again through two rounds this week he's gained already over nine strokes from tee to green it's three more than anybody else in the field he's gaining less than a stroke with the putter Kyle we've talked about this countless times and I think I've been on the record I think I've said the next time Scotty Scheffler gains two strokes with the putter he's going to win a golf tournament now he's got a John Rahm buzzsaw to consider but that's a pretty clean 64 yeah it's a that's a Steph Curry scorecard a lot of threes on that scorecard <laughs> Three, 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 three. He got to the hoop there at 12. <laughs> three. He did. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a Draymond number right there. Uh, and then 33 on the back. So more threes. I mean, Scotty was phenomenal. And this is, you know, the thing we were kind of talking about a couple minutes ago is, is this is very different than what he did at the Phoenix Open last year. This, this time last year, Joe, after, after 36 or however close we get to being done with 36, nobody's even thinking about Scotty Scheffler. Mm -hmm. He's barely making the cut. He's playing early on Saturday, and then he goes on to win the golf tournament. So he's in a very different position in this tournament, but he's also in a very different position in his career, right? Think about winning four times at the beginning of last year, where he's at. I think he's second in the OWGR right now. I thought it was interesting. He got asked afterwards, you know, does it does it bother you that everybody's talking about Rom and Rory uh, being the two best players in the world coming into this week. And he said, not really. I agree with that. Like, they are. <laughs> and, one, of, it, one of us. Scotty, Scotty's just, he, he's, in, and he said this, uh, remember, at the Open when he was like, you know, I, I'm rooting for Rory as well. Mm -hmm. like, he's, he's the nicest assassin in the world and uh, really has an opportunity to go out and, and get, uh, it wouldn't be the biggest win of his career. Obviously, won the Masters last year and, and won a bunch of big tournaments, but it would be a nice uh, kind of kickstart to him 
uh, after not having won. I mean, he hadn't won in almost yeah. a year now. But his, la his last win was the Masters. It would be his first successful title defense because this was his first career victory a year ago. You mentioned it there. A little bit of the wisdom and what it might take to get it done this week, KP. Wisdom, sometimes you take the foot off the pedal. How aggressive do you expect Scotty to be here over the final uh, 36 holes of this tournament, knowing he is at the top of that leaderboard and not dancing on the cut line the way he was last year heading into Saturday? Yeah, I think he's going to still go after flags. You know, I, he, he's not... He's not. I mean, he's smart, but he's he's he, to to be. Uh, I was looking at last fifty rounds. It's it's Rory number one and Scotty number two in terms of ball striking. That's really good company to be in. And so, I, I don't think, especially with the guys he's got behind him, he's got Rom just behind him. You've got Xander, you've got um, Spieth is up there. You've got Sung Jae. I mean, it's a it's a it's not a list where you get conservative and kind of cruise to victory. I I, I think he's going to continue to go after flags. He better not let off the gas. <laughs> Look in the rear view, John Rom, John yeah. Rom lurking. Yeah, th that's going to be a problem. So th it's a different style, not only statistically, but the way that he's going to go to sleep at the halfway point for him this mm -hmm. year compared to last year. But uh, he's going to have to go out and make some birdies, or he's going to have to go out and not spend some strokes. We expect things to get you know more firm, more fast over the weekend, and that's kind of what he was able to take advantage of last year. So it, it might not be going out, firing at flags, putting a bunch of circles on the card. He's certainly going to need a handful of those, but not spending strokes, which, honestly, that's what Scotty's so good at. He has yeah. such a sh sh sharp short game. <laughs> sharp short that's game. So, so. <laughs> I'm curious, Rick, is Scotty the... We, we have this conversation a lot, or some variation of it. Is he the most underrated guy in the world right now? Because I, coming into this, he, he hasn't won in what feels... It, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time. And yeah. yet, the, the, the if you look at his numbers, if you look at his ball striking, his tee to green, his approach play. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He is self-inflicted underrated because the advanced metrics are there, but because he is, like you said, the like nicest, quiet, assassin. Yeah, the nicest yeah. assassin in the world, he, he never even got I don't want to say credit for being the number one player in the world, but it never really felt like he was the number one player in the world because we've seen so many guys over the years that would stomp your throat and not to say that Scotty doesn't have that in there somewhere. He's just such a nice guy and it's hard to kind of get to that. Alright, but let's contextualize that because I think when you do have the success success, excuse me, that Scotty had last season, we tend to look at the sample size and we make it more than what it is. Twelve months ago, we're talking about a guy who did not have a PGA Tour win, had some successful starts uh, in the year prior, but Scotty Scheffler and the sample size we're looking at is about a year long. And when you look at the rest of this leaderboard, you're talking about stalwarts of this game. What does that tell you about Scheffler? Maybe what does that tell you about us, KP, and the way that we maybe consume the golf that is played by these younger names? Well, I, I think what happens, and and we've talked about this too. I think what happens when you win your, when you when you win the majority of your events in such a condensed period of time, it creates all sorts of expectation issues. Mm -hmm. I guess if you want to call them. So let's pretend like I, I mean, even coming into 2022, Scheffler. We, we I remember talking about this, Rick. We were talking about him of like, hey, this guy's a top ten guy statistically, right. and he kind of needs to win at some point. And then all he did for six straight weeks was win. And so I I, I think Joe. Like if if he let's pretend like he had spread those wins out. Like he wins one in the fall of 2021. He wins, let's say this one, the Masters, and then the BMW, or, or just call it five wins in 12 months, which is what it could be if he wins this week, sp spread out, right? Just yeah, five wins it, in 12 it, I think the condensed nature of it just uh, it just it just messes with expectations, not only for us but of the player himself, for sure. But internally, uh, Scotty Scheffler, whether it's 12 months, 
24 months, 5 wins, 10 wins, whenever they've come. He looks primed for these types of moments against these types of fields, Rick. Yeah, I mean, the the, the quality of the wins yeah. is also huge, Most right? Certainly. I mean, he won four massive events, so when you get to a field that has a strength of field that rivals major championships and those, you know, WGCs, uh, RIP, it is something <laughs> he's not going to blink, right? And he's, he's beaten these guys before. He's been the name at the top of some of these absolutely massive fields, and this is this one feels like a major championship. We've heard it countless times from players and caddies and everybody involved that this feels like a major championship. There's a lot of money on the line. Scotty does not care. Did no. you see the shot he hit Joe into? Uh, I don't know if we have it. Hopefully we have it on here into 16 today. Mm-hmm. So he hits it, and he talked about this afterward. He hits this he hits this iron shot into 16, and it lands 10 feet left of the pin, and then it rolls off the green to the right and it's it's he said it was he talked about it afterward if like that's a very unusual situation um and it and i think it speaks to how difficult this golf course is playing and how kind of fast and firm these greens are getting he's sitting at 10 but there aren't a whole lot of red numbers uh, when you look at the entirety of the field here impressive golf being being played by both scotty scheffler and the chase pack we're going to get to that chase pack here in just a moment on the first cut podcast we're going to take a quick break but on the other side. We'll also have a story uh, from Kyle Porter about, let's call it a players-only Porta john encounter. More on that Porter what in a just lead. a moment. <laughs> it's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything 
works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. on the First Cut Podcast, live from the WM Phoenix Open, alongside Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, I'm Joe Musso. Fellas, we're just about halfway through. Some work still to be done early on Saturday morning, but we are addressing the chase pack. Most certainly, John Rahm has been in just about every chase pack when he's not at the top of the leaderboards. Rahm played 23 holes as he did not finish his round one on Thursday. Uh, five under, eight under total here for the tournament as our uh, video guests here take a look at the leaderboard. Rahm at eight after a five under I, am I wrong here, guys, to say that it's about as pedestrian of an eight under uh, first two days of a golf tournament that we could see? It's just unbelievable what he continues to do when it feels like he doesn't have maybe his A stuff. Well, uh, Rick can probably dive into this further, but he, he's lost strokes on approach so far this week, Joe, which is that, that you, you, you can't shoot eight, eight under and lose strokes on approach. And yet he, he's done it. Yeah. And, and he's only so I was, I was looking back at his results, Rick, and he's only lost strokes on approach in five of his last 25 events. Right. So what that tells me, especially based on the way he's been playing over the last three months, is he's he's coming with the iron play on Saturday and Sunday, yeah. right? And, and he, he actually talked about this. I thought this was really interesting. He talked about this after his round, and this is where, if you're a viewer, if you're watching at home, this is something to watch for. He talked about how uh, holes 7, 8, and 9. So he hits it to 31 feet, 41 feet, 25 feet. None of those are, are great uh, shots in terms of proximity to, to give yourself birdie looks. But he's, he's, he's saying when he's asked about it after his round, like, look, those are good iron shots. They just got batted away by the wind. They just got uh, rejected by some of these, these firm greens. So I think his confidence level and the way he feels about his game is a little bit belied by what the approach numbers say, which I think is really interesting and something to, to just keep an eye on as we go into to round three and four. Yeah, let's dive into this a little bit statistically because it's been uh, it's been a little bit weird for Rom. You just saw him hoop that long one there on, on seven for, for par. Opens up 68-66. He's down just a hair on approach for the week. As much as I love the Scotty Scheffler stat line where you gain a ton from tee to green, you're not relying on the putter. The stat line that we're seeing from John Rom is one of a bounce back, one of a rebound, one where he is about to snap off and potentially go ham on the weekend like that that's what this is setting up to be because we know and as you mentioned Kyle he doesn't often lose strokes on approach over four rounds now even when he does this is the scary part he is capable of winning golf tournaments mm -hmm. he lost two strokes on approach and goes out and wins the tournament of champions our first elevated designated event maybe he goes two for two here but th this is a scary thought for the rest of the field when Rom could potentially get going on the weekend and I think to my point I think Rom is very at least in my experience with him. He's very honest about, hey, this is where my game's at. Uh -huh. And so when he says, hey, I'm hitting good shots even on some of these approaches that get rejected, that that should be concerning for Scotty Shuffler. Right? Because sure. because if, if that if, if, if that clicks into place on Saturday, yeah. he could go 65-65 and that's what four, uh, five of nine, whatever, mm -hmm. that, and that's a wrap on, I mean... <laughs> well, it, it, so that's exactly what I wanted to take you because we're always looking for the narrative wrapped around the numbers. How does the way that he's been playing over the last month and a half affect the way he's perceived by his competition? Well, I, it, this was interesting, too, because he got asked about, are you, he got asked about the world rankings, which I'd love to never talk about the world rankings again, <laughs> but he got asked about the world rankings, and he said, listen, I've been playing worse 
and been number one, and now I'm playing better than times when I've been number one, and I'm number, what is he, three? Scheffler's two. Mm-hmm. Feels right. <laughs> it is right. <laughs> Feels right. Feels right. We'll go with it. Feels right is basically my entire Twitter feed for the last, for the last six weeks. And people saying, well, this is what it feels like. Well, this is what the math says. So I'm sorry if you have a problem with math. Rom, Rom is so confident about the way that he is playing right now. And I think that guys, like, like here's the thing, Joe. Players aren't looking at the, they're not getting on the OWGR and saying, oh, gosh, Rom's number one right now. That's a problem. They're, they're looking at, they're playing with John Rom mm-hmm. or going to the range and saying, that guy's a problem. Yeah. Like, right. they, it, it doesn't matter if he's one, 15, 20. They know what he's capable of doing. And I think that, uh, that, that more than what the rankings are is, is what guys are paying attention. Strokes to. gained feared. Is that, can we, can we get into that? Strokes gained feared. He might yeah. be leading the, leading the tour this season. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, if you've ever seen John Rom, you, you don't get a lot of this on television, but when you get out on the golf course, uh, John Rom does the thousand yard stare straight ahead, slightly down. And just don't get in his way. Like he yeah. will run anybody over. And there's few guys that get dialed in like that. You know, you'll see. There's a lot of nice guys out here. There's a lot of guys who will give you the oh, you know, thank you, thanks for coming out, thumbs up when you call out their name. John Rom gives you nothing, yeah. and that is not quantifiable in a spreadsheet. That is coming out here and watching John Rom for four and a half hours or whatever it takes. Be laser focused. I'd be interested to, to see Joe if you pulled every player on the PGA Tour. If 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 they if they had to write down who's the guy that you least want to see at the top of the board. I bet Rom's up there. Might be the guy. Because he's different than Rory. Rory is... Rory's heater is just just insane. I mean, it's like it's like those nights when Steph gets hot. And you're yeah. like, I I, I, I have to watch this. <laughs> like, I I can't. This is the only thing I want to do. But with Rom, it's like you just know he's not going to come back to the field. And I think that is almost more mentally taxing on somebody that's chasing uh, than than maybe like kind of the Rory formula. Well, speaking of the field, let's get to some other names. And with all due respect to the Adam Hadwins and Wyndham Clarks. Of the world, I need a Sunjay take from our uh, foremost expert here, Rick Gaiman. <laughs> Not uh, me. Rick, I was over on 16. We had some awesome access throughout yeah. the week, and especially here on Friday, and uh, watched him pull one in from about 35 feet to really uh, jumpstart. I don't think is the word on the round, but he's not done with round two just yet. And there he is, sitting just a few back. Where are you at on Sunjay and the way he's met this moment in right. Phoenix? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for him to win, but uh, you gotta love the way his game sets up for a lot of different golf courses. Think about the two wins that he that he does have, right? He's got the, the win at PGA National at Honda, where the winning score was three or four under par, something like that. Things getting really difficult. You see here, he goes out in 30. That's the back yeah, he, was, he was jump-started yeah. by the time he got there to 60. Yeah, and he's still got a, a handful of holes to play in, in his second round, but um, he, then he goes out and he wins at TPC Summerlin, and it was like 25 under. I mean, he's got he's got basically both ends of the game, and when you get out on a firm, fast golf course this week, you look towards next week as well, where he hits the ball so well from tee to green, and and then he can get hot with the putter. That that's the really scary stuff for Sung Jay. We saw it a little bit at the Masters, where his his uh, around the green play, his short game is magical. He's got great great touch. So it, it's he he can kind of be a problem when he has all facets working, especially on more difficult golf courses. Uh, Kyle, when you take a look at Sung Jay, what he's uh, really doing here, and especially that thirty that he posts, sustainability probably not the word, but uh, in the way that he's embraced what's happening around him in this moment. Does it surprise you at all? No, I mean, I, I, so coming into the year, I, I think the two names that I looked at of guys that haven't won in a while that yes. I thought were kind of, 
I don't know if, if do is the right word, but I, that I thought we were going to win in 2023. It was uh, Cam Young, and it was Sungjae. Sungjae is, you know, we talk about underrated, Rick. I, I, I think Sungjae is one of the most underrated guys in the world. He's such a good driver. He's such a good ball striker. And so I, he's been playing at that level where you're like, okay, a win's coming, a win's coming. This would be a great place for him to get it just because of what's at stake, how much money's at stake. The fact that it's the first full field designated event, uh, I, I think I'd be a little surprised if he won just because you got Scheffler and Rahm at the top, but not. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he contended into Sunday. And KP, you said a day ago that these are horses and they're going to get out and galloping. I don't know that we've had our break yet. Uh, we still got them all packed up, and there's some great names that are sneaky close to the top of that leaderboard right now. I mean, we're looking at Jordan. We're looking at Ricky, who put together a really nice round. JT, not too far back. Rory will be there in a moment. But as you sort of assess those big names still in shouting distance, who's the most live in your eyes? Well, and, and I think this is this is really cool, Joe, because this is when the PGA Tour, we were talking about this, when the PGA Tour laid out its designated events, this, this is what it wants. It, right here. Yeah. Scheffler, Rom, Sung Jay, Jay Day. You go further down, Xander, the guy that I'd like to talk about, Jordan Speed. The top three guys in approach shots this week, Joe, uh, Scotty's one, Speeth is two, and Xander is three. Speeth's a little bit further back. He just made bogey, I believe, to drop back to five under. So he's five back, but he's got some he's got some par fives upcoming that he That's could, the big thing. he could make some hay on early on Saturday morning as he finishes up his second round. But I just I can't get over how well this has played out for the tour yeah. of like big time event everybody's here great leaderboard kind of great conditions for the top players to thrive when you talk about ball striking winning the day yeah they've gotten the kind of weather where it, i think this is a course where ball striking already wins today but it's but the weather exacerbates that for sure we are i think we're dangerously close to this turning into a two-horse race especially depending on what happens in round three with with scotty and and, and john rob but you mentioned the guys who still have holes to play. The holes that they have to play for Xander Shoffley, for example, uh, 13, that's a par 5. 15's a par 5. 17's a short, potentially drivable or, or birdieable, very easy par 4. And now you wonder, okay, is someone going to take advantage in the restart, the resumption of play early on Saturday, finish the round? Can Xander Shoffley get two more strokes in, get to 8 under, and throw his name into making this a, a three-horse race over the course of the weekend? Now, on the restart on Friday morning, Rom didn't really take advantage of the restart. Max Homa went in the opposite direction. The only yeah. guy who really took advantage of it was Jason Day. It's not easy. It's going to be it's going to be chilly. You're going to have to be thrown right into the meat of a round. So uh, it's not super, you know, crazy for it to happen or or for these guys to struggle as well. Can you imagine Spieth going to 16 and 17 on Saturday Sunday needing numbers? Right. It's going to be psychotic. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, it is going to be psychotic. All the big names are out there and they are bopping and uh, we got to see a bunch of them all cl up close and personal in uh, moments between shots, let's call it. After JT uh, finishes up his round, he gets to the back of the range here right behind us, grinds for about an hour and a half, really looking for something. But he puts together a three-under round, which sort of spurred our, our, our thought process or our uh, the experiment we like to go through of how far back is too far back. It's, mm -hmm. it's always a fun conversation. And as we were approaching that conversation, I posed that question <laughs> to you, Kyle Porter. What happened? Let's tell, let's tell the folks what happened. When I say, how far back is too far back? Well, Justin Thomas sitting at three, you say what? I said, well, what's Rory at? Because Rory's playing, he's kind of finishing, a, or he's kind of at the back half. That, that time was at two when the horn blew 
he's at three. But when when this occurred, he was sitting at two, and you said, "What did I say?" I believe you said, "I think that I think Rory's too far back." And just like that, Rick Gaiman, <laughs> out of the it. corner of our eye, right here. Rory McIlroy appears. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah, you say his name and he shows up. Well, let's not let's not gloss over the fact that he was in the middle of his round. He was had just this hit a three hundred and forty so, yard drive. Yeah, there's there's context here, right? Yeah, 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 so we, we are we are uh, you know twenty yards away from two porta potties, right? Players are player only porta potties, right next to a eleven fairway here. Rory McIlroy smokes his drive down eleven, and I guess needs to find some relief. And we are yeah, we're playing the game. <laughs> we're playing the how far back is too far back. Kyle says, "What's Rory at?" I say. Two under. Kyle says, I think he's too far back. And Rory says, hey, guys, can I use this? <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. And then he emerges from the bathroom, and you pose the question to him. Yes. I said, hey, we're doing a segment. How far back is too far back? By the way, are we being are we, is this there's an, helicopters? Is this an invasion? There's, yeah, there's a lot happening right so now. I, I said, Phoenix. I said, how far back is too far back? He knows he's a two under. He knows Scotty's a ten under, and he said, well, it's not eight. So <laughs> not eight. He doesn't think eight is too far back. He he's got uh, and now he's seven. So I, he probably doesn't think seven. Rory McIlroy never too far back, and yeah. he puts together a nice round after struggling here in round one. He has some golf to be played too before he wraps up his round two. So still plenty of movement coming here. We're going to get to some live numbers and some picks and some Tiger Woods news coming down here on Friday. That's all coming up next on the First Cut Podcast live from the WM Phoenix Open. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the first cut podcast, Cal Porter, Rick Game, and Joe Musso, as the situation both on the scoreboard and around us on set is developing by the moment here, guys. So uh, let's get to some news that was made earlier in the day. Tiger Woods, uh, got to put it on the pod here, going to be in the field next week at the Genesis. Kind of comes out of nowhere in some ways, uh, announces it in a tweet, Kyle. It's exciting. Uh, it's going to be. And the expectation, maybe we put it aside. But as you've had a little bit of time to chew on this piece of news, what's your prevailing thought right now? Well, I, I think. Joe, I think it's a little bit emblematic of what Tiger is going to be for the rest of his career. And what I mean by that is, uh, remember last year when he when he withdrew from the PGA Championship after the third round, and you're like, oh, that's like yeah, I thought he was, and he was, he was grinding, he was trying to get through it. But he's going to have moments where his leg is not cooperating, where he's not feeling well, and it's. He, I guess my point is, he's going to have tournaments where he plays and you didn't expect it. He's going to have tournaments where he doesn't play and you did expect it. That's just 
that's just the whole deal. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what it is at this point. And so, is it surprising? Maybe a little. You know, players, uh, Patrick McDonald wrote something for us, Rick, on CBSSports.com. Players were a little bit surprised by it. Max Homa said that. <laughs> Already offering his services? <laughs> Max Homa said they might have to carry him down the hill at Riv. And he's like, I'll do it. That's fine. Like, whatever. No objections. And uh, I, I just think that it's a, it, it is representative of, of, I think the surprise of it is a little bit representative of what we're going to see from Tiger for the rest of his career. Yeah, it was a really it was a really fun day, right? Yeah. I mean, we we had a great day out here. We were just about to go on and do and do a run, and we all got the text notification, right, or the, the tweet notification you got straight from Tiger. You got, straight, he gave yeah. me you met first, that's, 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 yeah. uh, that's breaking news. Uh, and, <laughs> thing, it and it was so like nonchalant. Like I don't know, it was not a scripted statement. It was I'm I want to play an actual VGA tour event, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting because it's been majors and matches for him. That's that's the one thing that we've seen, and it's been over 800 days since he's played a non-major PGA Tour event, and this run that we're on, where it was already the first of the designated events here, then going to Riv, and then we were going to be at Bay Hill and the play, like it was already going to be a great run. The PGA Tour seems like they're getting a leaderboard here um, that that is deserving of, of kind of everything that's happening, and then, oh, by the way, let's just inject Tiger Woods yeah. into this. It, it's it's unbelievable. I found it interesting, Kyle, last year at the Open Championship. It was like the first time we had that admission of I'm here to be here. I'm maybe not here to lift the Claire jug. I'm maybe not here to do things that I, those, those goals that I usually set out in front of myself. Was that a one-off? Do you think we get back to like the undistilled I want to come out here and win this thing? Or was that sort of the first look at what it's going to be when Tiger Woods does get out on a golf course? We know what the expectation is, but I think you said it great earlier, Rick, that you don't know if you believe that's what he believes. Right. What do you think he believes when he takes it out on the golf course here next week? No, I think you're right. I think it was the first of several years of um, I mean, competing, mm-hmm. but not contending. Right. So, I go back to the first when was that? 2021, the Hero World Challenge. And Tiger, uh, he it was right before he announced that he was playing in the PNC with, Char- with his son, with Charlie. And he said, I climbed that mountain. I can't remember the exact wording. The exact wording is actually important. But he said something like, I climbed that mountain a final time, meaning I won the 2019 Masters. Yeah. And I think the will to do that again, to put his body through what it takes to do that again, and not just his body, but mentally, uh, to, to go through that grind again, I don't... Even if even if he wanted to, I don't think physically he could anymore. And so, I, I yeah, I think it's the first of many showing up to compete, but not necessarily to contend. Right. Let's let's remember the body. Let's remember the physical side of things. It, it feels very much like a trial run, right? What what can my body take? I'm not sure he knows at this point, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of fluidity in his recovery. Some days are going to be better than others, and this feels like, hey, can I get through four rounds of PGA Tour competition? When whether it is with my A game, my B game, my C game, and just make sure that my body can kind of get through it because then I'll have time to recover and figure out what my next steps are. You know, if things go really well, maybe I go to Bay Hill. I don't know. Probably seems like a little bit much. But just to feel what it feels like in competition before you have to get to Augusta National for the first full week in April. Who's, who's the most likely to carry him down the hill at Riv? Harry Higgs. 
Is Harry is he in the field? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, he, get a little sponsors invite. <laughs> <laughs> Good folks well, at CBS guys. sent us out there. It's us three. Uh, I, I want to see him play as much golf as we, we can like, watch. Byron, Byron Leftwich and the, the, the offensive lineman working Leftwich down. That ended that ended nicely. <laughs> so we'll see uh, we'll see what Tiger can pull off next week. But it's just going to be great to see Tiger Woods playing competitive golf once again. And as he said in his tweet, it's all he really wants to do. What I learned yesterday, guys, is that the First Cut Podcast Army, they don't love change. Uh, it is great to be co-hosting this with alongside you guys here, but uh, they want what they want, so let's give them what they want. we got to address the numbers here yeah. at the WM. Live numbers. Where's our value, Rick, as we take a look at some of the names and the attached numbers as we are almost two rounds through? Yeah, we love we love the First Cut crew. Joe's, Joe's doing a great job. Get, <laughs> lay, lay off a Joe. But I think there's a couple of situations here, and Kyle and I were just kind of talking about this in the break. There's the guys that are already in the clubhouse, which um, you know, for me, Scotty Scheffler at plus 180 with the stat line that he's putting out and how good and consistent he has been from tee to green uh, over the course of the last year, that that stands out to me. I don't love betting the guy who's got the shortest odds on Friday night, but that like I just love the stat profile. But then we have this group of guys that has not finished their second round yet, and the holes that they have to play are birdie holes. Xander Shoffley still has to play 13, 15, the two par fives, and 17 is gettable. KP, Jordan Spieth in a similar situation. He's got all those circle opportunities ahead, and those guys are a little bit longer than they probably should be. There's a chance that if things go right in the morning, they're a lot closer and a lot shorter. So if you can get there now on mm-hmm. some of those guys that haven't that haven't finished yet, that's great. If not, you know, some of the guys are already in the clubhouse like, like Scotty. Yeah, well, Rom's going to win, so that's, <laughs> that's a problem. Them. But if you if you if for some reason he doesn't, uh, the the value I think is Spieth actually, okay. which. Uh, oh really? Imagine, you think? Imagine saying that seven days ago. Well, I'm going to regret saying it today. But <laughs> the thing about it, he's he's five under. He's I think 28 to one. Yeah. He's he's not, he's through what twelve through twelve. So he's through twelve. So he's got thirteen birdie hole. I mean, he, so the, the top four birdie hole or the top four easiest holes on the course this week are three. Oh, we did uh, not to cut you out. We did do this last night with Rom. We were we had him posting a number yeah, and he comes work. out. He bogeys. He plays his last holes an even part. But well, go on. So we'll try it again. Speed <laughs> has a five footer for birdie on thirteen. So he'll probably two putt from there. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. He He'll, he'll two-putt that for bogey. Oh, well, no. He would two-putt that two for, for par. par. Excuse me. He will three-putt from that. <laughs> oh, that one didn't hit as well. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, we've, been out here, we've been out here a long time. Uh, speed at 28 to 1. He, he, like, legitimately, he could be at 8 under by yeah. the end of the round, or by the end of his round, and tied with Ron. He could be in the second, he could be in the last if he's, group. If yeah. he's 8 under at the end of his of his round 2, he will be like 8 or 9 to 1. And what is he right now? 20, 28. Yeah, 28. So he, sh- now, he should be more like 20 to 22. So, which is, is, he, so is he like 15 to 1 to make two birdies? I like, mean, no. Because <laughs> he's got that's, one for that's, five feet. That's a fantastic way to frame it. Yeah. Looking at five feet, if he can obviously convert there, unlike what Kyle expects from him. But. <laughs> This is the buy now opportunity on Jordan Spieth. Maybe the last one for the rest of this week. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Because once Spieth, who is just, you know, you know how that goes. Like once he's in the single digits, you mm-hmm. can't you can't touch that. Yeah. But at twenty eight, touch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, sometimes. 
being a good host is knowing when to put the microphone down. Rick Gaiman, you say goodbye today. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll be back after round three. This is terrifying. He just gave us four. complete autonomy. <laughs> I know. We should never have done this. Of the First Cut podcast for Joe Musso, for Kyle Porter, I'm Rick Gaiman. This has been the First Cut. We'll catch you next time.